the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. To an end point. Stop. And it felt burdensome, like, oh, he's calling, you know, and it felt so good to stop. What a relief. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. Do you think you learned anything in particular from it about yourself? Um, I learned how much I like luxury. <laughs> so you really are interested in Bill Gates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I learned that I, I do like luxury. I'm like, I, I feel like, I'm normal in that way. And most people don't experience it. Sure. And I did get to have a little glimpse of it. And it was nice. I learned that I don't need somebody to give me luxury. I don't ever want to be with somebody because they provide luxury. It's a wonderful perk. If I can afford it, or if the person I'm with can afford it, what a fun way to live. But not at the cost of, you know, a loving relationship. Not at all. Um, so I learned that. and. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's some other, what else did I learn? Good question. What did I learn from him? I learned not to ignore my, my, my warning signs so much. You know, like there's one thing to not react and get upset and take things personally, but it's another thing to like, my internal signals were really sounding alarm bells that I wasn't paying attention to. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I wonder what, uh, what blinds us or what deafens us to those signals and bells. I, you were talking and it brought up to mind a, a woman that I was involved with a while ago. Uh, that was that constant kind of car jerking forward and picking up speed and then jerking and stopping again. And, um, it was very confusing. Um, had a lot of those red flags and kind of like, it shouldn't be this way. Right. If it's kind of that clear in my mind, it should be that clear in her mind. Um, right. You know, and if it's not, you know, and the, the fact that like we're going like this, you right. know, back and forth like that jerking car, well, that's, you know, an uncomfortable thing to be in. Why are you continuously going through that? And I think a lot of it was because she checked the most boxes as of yet. Right. Um, which is a really wonderful thing. And she made me feel a different way than any of the other women I've met and dated along the way so far. Uh, and been is this the same woman with. we were talking about at the beginning, the one who called? Yes. Is this somebody else? This is okay. the one we were talking about, the one who called. Yeah. Uh, which is why the call is confusing in that way. Like, what, right. you know, what, what kind of speed are we moving at now? Right? right. Is this going zero to 60 and then zero again? Because <laughs> that's the way right. it was, is that like there was a lot of that, like, third date after a third date had ended. It was just a picnic. I thought it was great. I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't pushing for more at that picnic, but you know, I was interested in a fourth date and a fifth and everything after that, but I enjoyed the date as it was. And I was out of town. And then all of a sudden I get a call from her. She says, do you want to come over and meet my mother and kids? So I go, okay, sure. If that's okay with you. Um, so I go over and then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, it's, I'm going with another guy. And then that's she calls me like a month and a half later. Yeah. My point is that like there was there was a lot of intensity in that way, and then there was like a cutoff, right? So the acceleration and then the stop. Right. Wow. 
yeah. know, that's a little crazy. He wasn't stop and start in that way of like being present or not being present. He was pretty present um, and definitely committed. Like he wasn't right. seeing other people, but um, right. it was the vulnerability, like the emotional, like, and he would tell me, he was like, I, when I say my foot's on the brake, it's because I'm scared to be vulnerable and open. And that's the, that's the, the push and pull for me. It was like, it was almost like gaslighting, but he wasn't doing it on purpose. I don't think it was like, I would be concerned. Like, I feel like something is underneath here that you're not sharing. And then he'd be like, no, no, I'm only just hesitant because I'm scared to be vulnerable. So it would like appease me. Oh, okay. That makes sense to me. Okay. Like you need time. Fine. I see. But that wasn't, he wasn't being honest with me. Like there was other inhibitions that he had and that I sensed that he kept placating me. Really. It is gaslighting in a way. Um, Because it's like a sin of omission. No, because I would be upfront. I would say, this is what I'm sensing. This is what I feel. And then he would negate it. He's like, no, 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 you're wrong. Like, no, I'm into you. No, I'm present. No, I'm here. I'm just, wor- I'm just scared of being emotionally vulnerable. And then at the end, when it all came up, that wasn't true. So I don't know what, I don't, I don't know. I, you know what? I think I know what it is. I think he liked the idea of me. There was a lot of compatibility and there was something missing for him. And so he was fighting and fighting and fighting to stay in it. Of like, maybe if I stay in a little longer, I'll feel something different. And so I think that's what it was for him, which I get. And it's a really actually an interesting question. What do you do in a situation like that? Like when you meet somebody who's great and I know that he liked me and respected me and admired me, but that spark was missing for him. So how open are you with somebody of like, I really like you, but I'm not really feeling it like most people aren't going to want to date you after that so how honest are you supposed to be I don't know that was something I struggled with I mean something she said was just show up as you right that's all she asked for and I did that and I was honest and I was in touch with my emotions and unashamed of them and shared them um and she thought that was a lot that should have been a sign did she right. say that she thought that was a lot after? Oh, in a really funny way too. I mean, I sent her. A po- I, I sent her a poem over a Shabbatogram, um, a, a poem, you know, of how she made me feel. Uh, I thought it was a really good poem, actually. <clears throat> and uh, then she, you know, wrote back a Shabbatogram. She drew a picture of a of a latka, uh, in which she said, "You're a latka," <laughs> which I actually thought was really funny and adorable. That's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> huh. But yeah, okay, so I'm a lot. Okay, fine. I got a lot to offer. I'm okay with that. I know there are a lot of other guys that don't. So. You can enjoy it or not. That's the, you know, that's the option there, right? And then that was it? And then that's when she disappeared? No, I mean, oh, I mean, there's... But that's my point as to why it's so kind of convoluted and confusing is because that wasn't the end of it, right? And because then there was another thing and another thing, uh, you know? And so it just kind of left me with the feeling like, okay, if I'm confused, right, then I think there's something very confused about her because that should not be the impression that someone else gets. Yeah. Was she recently divorced? Yeah. I mean, uh, not, a, yeah, not after like 10 years or anything like that. I think four years yeah that's a recent yeah Yeah. and kids are young too yeah yeah wow what did you learn from that 
Um, I learned uh, certainly to certainly be even ca more cautious, I think, when there is something very attractive. I think if yeah. there is something that is very attractive, it behooves you to be a little bit more cautious with that than you would with So other. what's different, I asked with only curiosity about this uh, Atlanta woman. There's obviously something compelling here. Why does it feel different? Uh, there's something compelling about her because uh, she and I have connected in a really lovely way. Um, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual. Uh, you know, so it's been a really wonderful experience coming to know her. And for me, you know, the economics of it, so to speak, are worth it. I'll travel to Atlanta to meet someone who I find so in tune with, uh, even if I know especially that you know, there really may not be anything that's going to exist beyond that. And she and I have talked about that in the sense that it's really kind of just that visit, right? Let's enjoy just that visit. And there's right. something that feels really good about that, despite there might be pain involved afterwards, right? Of kind of like wanting to see that person and not being able to, and not being realistic and needing to focus energies over here for any number of real practical reasons, and her needing to focus energies over there for any number of her practical reasons still feels right in the sense of kind of enjoying life, right? This experience and having a wonderful experience with someone and really valuing it and treating that moment as being really holy in and of itself. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Do you think you could end up doing something like that? Finding someone who maybe you connect with on any number of levels, but for any number of other reasons, it doesn't work. And yet still Am valuing we, something really deep and intimate with them. Are we talking about any incompatibility or specifically religion? Specifically religion. Okay. Yeah. After my divorce, I was very open to dating non-Jews. First of all, I was just in a place of wanting to have fun, wanting to flirt, wanting to feel good about myself. So it was irrelevant. <laughs> Their religion didn't matter. Right. And then I just found myself having a very hard time connecting hmm. to, to people who weren't Jewish. I just such a big part of my background, my history, my experience, my even my present day experience is centered around religion, specifically Orthodox religion. So a lot of people were incredibly curious about my life. And I, I found my life story to be pretty trite and cliche, but to people outside of it, there was a lot of fascination of growing up another way and choosing this different path and all the conflict that goes along with it. Yeah. So there was definitely curiosity, but I found a hard time. I found it hard to connect. And then as I kind of shifted my focus in dating to actually looking for partnership and more commitment, um, somebody Jewish, definitely top, top priority, but I, I kind of always left the openness to what if I just met somebody so fantastic and I just connected to on every level, would that really stop me? And that was the only factor that wasn't compatible. I don't really care enough personally, other than the hellish experience it would be in terms of my family and my parents and my kids and that to me is the bigger hurdle of how to integrate somebody like that in my life. Um, it would be incredibly inconvenient, but it's not, 
anti my own personal value system. It's just, I've, I've never met anyone like that. And I've also have a hard time imagining in like feeling connected on so many levels and somebody not being Jewish, but my life is so Jewish centric. So it's <laughs> funny because I, it's funny because I think the, the, the depth of the spiritual conversation and how normal it is between us feels of a real kinship in that way, just in terms of being a spiritual practitioner and someone interested in the idea of faith and spirituality and God and all those things. Uh, and so in that way, her not being Jewish feels just like a small detail, right? Because the fact that she's not Jewish only really matters to the Jewish community. Right. So let's just compartmentalize well, what about that. Your right? more immediate Jewish community, like your children and your parents. Well, yes, it matters to them too as well. And so I'm taking that into consideration, obviously, right? Because that's part of where the math is here, which we've already addressed in terms of like why this isn't going to work in the long term. Um, nonetheless, right, that's the only thing I need to be concerned about right now. And if that is also compartmentalized and just in terms of, right, that's what that is right now. And the Jewish community is over there in another compartment. They're the only ones that really care about that. I got no problem balancing those things out with my own needs for real connection with people and to be seen. But yet you're going in anticipating that this is not long-term. You're anticipating that there's an end to this because that's, of a hurdle that will be too hard to overcome. And I don't know. Is there a part of you hopeful or open to the fact that this connection will be so off the chart that all of the challenges can somehow be surmountable and will be worth it? I don't know. I am, uh, I, that is part of what I'm trying to be slow about in any number of things is just manage my expectations, which is why a lot of it is just let's look at the reality of things, right? And trying to be very kind of fixated on the reality and, and not so much my emotions for as good as they feel. And just taking it day by day in that way. I really don't want to invest too much in anything, right? I mean, I think taking things in much smaller bites in that way or understanding kind of exactly where we are is really helpful rather than thinking that far ahead and getting too wrapped up in that. I'm much more willing to see how things unfold on a daily and bite-sized basis than I am anything else. Mm-hmm. That's, as all, that's all I can really manage right now anyway. Right. I, and I'm so, I can't wait to check in with you in a few months about this and see if thinking that way um, contributes to being to the pain, right? So you go and you have a great experience and then you only thought moment to moment instead of more long-term. And then if you do decide to end things and you do have a connection, how painful that might be. And you'll, you've built an even stronger connection. I don't know what the answer is, is that do you, you know, run away from really enjoyable connective moments which is what I've always said, like the here and now, let's do it. Let's enjoy because feeling connected to somebody is such a rare experience to just go with it. My but kids it don't matter. With a risk. 
Well, but Mike, right. But to the point you asked about my kids and my family, they don't really matter now because I'm not getting married in two weeks. That's not happening. I'm not getting married in two years. That's not happening right. either. As far as Would I know. Would anybody have a problem but, with you dating somebody not Jewish? Forget about marriage. I don't, I don't know that anyone should have a care in the world as to who I date. Well, there's a difference between should, how people should treat us or the judgments they should have versus the reality of um, how, you know, what our dependency or our connection or our intricate rely, reliance on our family's but, opinions. So am I only supposed to, you know, communicate with people inside the Jewish community? Am I only no, communicate to... is different than being in a relationship. Well, what do you expect? That's how this all got started was being involved in conversations with people. Oh, they were right. Makes sense. And, <laughs> and I don't know if you, when I grew up, every, every prohibition, it became this joke that you can't do anything because it's going to lead to mixed dancing. Look, um, I want to state at the beginning of what I'm about to say is that I'm all for endogamy and marrying within a people and a tribe right, as a way of perpetuating values and identity and all that stuff and perpetuating the people too. Um, I, I do think there is something beautiful about the fact that people can cross-pollinate with one another in terms of ideas uh, and furthering each other's conversation and learning from one another and being a gift to one another. And I think the natural outgrowth of that is that not only do the ideas get mixed, but the people get mixed as well. Because there's also clear evidence of how tribalism impacts people negatively. And it's not only about the relationships you have with people outside of your own tribe, but it also impacts just generally how you communicate and how you see the world from inside your tribe and creating a bubble effect. And so I can appreciate the fact that, like, I got kids who I still want to raise in really Jewish homes and bring them up that way. And so that they identify strongly as Jews. Okay, but I also know that there are beautiful values to be transmitted from other faiths out there, right? I am confident about that, that there are really good people who've been raised in Catholic or Christian or Muslim or Sikh or Buddhist or whatever homes, you know, that grow up to be really wonderful people. If my kid marries one of those people, I'm really okay with that. If they're a good person first, I'm very much okay with that. I hope my kid maintains the identity that I'm trying to provide for him. I really do. He will be empowered. They will be empowered to make those decisions when they get older as to what they want to do. And however their heart takes them, I support them 110%. I hope that there is a perpetuation of Judaism and Jewish values that they are interested in. But I'll be honest with you. From the get-go, I want to let them know that their heart takes them where it's supposed to go, right? And it's not what the community says it should be. It really isn't, no matter how important that sounds. It's really not. Because I don't think, by the way, that necessarily being a Jewish couple and having the same faith is what keeps your relationship together. <laughs> and I don't think you would agree with that either. Um, yeah, you did shift though from what you would do versus what you would expect your child to do, which is a little bit different. Well, but um, say that anyway, now knowing that like my life is my life. 
Okay, and I'm going to so meet the people who I'm going to meet, and nobody has yeah, a right to say that. Yeah, but you're you're kind of changing your tune here because you, I mean, everything that you just said was beautiful theoretically, and I stand by all of it wholeheartedly, and I have very similar beliefs. It's the practical part that gets a little bit more complicated. But then, why are you going into this potential relationship with the already the standpoint that it's probably not going to work out, or it's not going to work out? Because I'm a complex and confused human being <laughs> like everyone else. I am a I have a rational person. I'm an emotional person. So is the emotional wait? It's the emotional part that wants to be with her. It's the rational part. What's what's the rational part that says like this, being with her? It's the rational part that says like I don't think this is really going to work in the long run. That's the that's the ra- irrational part. And the emotional part is like there's something really good for the moment right here, right? And that's worth investing in if you really right. value someone. I mean, don't I forget that she's and also mutual. across the country. Right, but right. I think- This might be a different conversation if she was local and there was less complication. You're right, but there also is a good deal of mutual respect that I feel, a valuing of one another and a wanting to trust one another in that way. And an appreciation of- I mean, how relevant is heard. respect in a relationship? I'm sorry? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I said- <laughs> How relevant is respect in a relationship, really? Oh, not at all. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. Totally not. So hard to yeah. work for. Jeez. How much you expect? Ugh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll. I guess we'll keep our listeners t- tuned in. When is your trip? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm not giving out any further details of that. It'll come up when it comes up. It's not going to turn into a soap opera because it's not fodder for anyone else's conversation except our own. It is fodder for anyone else's conversations because what you're experiencing is actually a real conflict that I think a lot of people go through, especially in this phase of life. We've had kids already. It's not that same dilemma of starting a new family. It's what do I value? The practical aspect of what I'm going to have to deal with, the fallout, or the more emotional, romantic notions of just connecting with somebody because they are a person and they are a good person. That's a real struggle these days. And I would add to that also in the sense of, I think you go through divorce thinking like, I thought that person was really right for me. Where did I kind of miscalculate or misunderstand that? Uh, and what does that mean? And, and I do think there is this kind of interest in finding that person who really is right for you and wanting to see what that looks like. And wanting to experiment with that as much as possible. I can still imagine and be open to the future for whatever it brings, right? Even if practically speaking, I don't think it's going to work. Well, listeners, you may or may not find out what happens. I will do my best to keep you informed. (laughs) Yeah, we'll probably post something about it on Instagram. Who knows? Just kidding. I think it's an interesting question. And I am curious, we are curious what your experiences are in terms of being open to dating somebody from a different faith and what were your inhibitions? Were they practical? Were they theological, theoretical? What kept you or actually what pushed you to consider or actually date somebody not Jewish? And what are you really prioritizing? And is it worth it? Well, yeah, like what's important to you, really, deep down. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Let's, man. Uh, send us your questions. Where can they send find us, Noam? 
You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at the Jewish Divorce Project. Just follow us on those social media apps. Or on our website, www.thejewishdivorceproject.com and our email, thejewishdivorceproject at gmail.com. Excellent. Oh, God. I'm going to go hide underneath the covers now. <laughs> mm-hmm.